What's up, everybody? Today's edition of Locked on ACC is loaded with some Week 12 recap action. Who is going to a bowl game? Who is just going to try and finish the season strong? A lot to go over, plus more basketball as we talk about the men on the Duke side. How are they faring? Are they undefeated? And how are things rolling? Got my man J.J. Jackson post-DWI controversy, we could talk about how the team is moving forward and how Duke can get back in right rhythm as they are doing just fine, it seems, on the basketball court. JJ here to talk about it. Let's do it. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. JJ from Locked on Blue Devils in the building. I hope you had a great weekend. I did. Thank you for asking, Candice. A good weekend personally for me. Uh, The basketball team for Duke looks awesome. Football, not so much, which we'll get into during today's program. But uh, it's the best time of the year. Thanksgiving is this week. Super excited about that, getting to see friends and family a little bit later this upcoming week. So I can't help but be in a good mood, Candace. Absolutely. Are you someone who cooks during Thanksgiving? Or are you more so just the receive on the receiving end? I've got to always be on the receiving end, Candace. I'm doing no one favors <laughs> if they ask me to contribute anything. So I sit back, relax. I'm I'll entertain folks. I'm good there for you conversation. Go. Okay. Uh, do not ask me to do anything cooking wise. Just bring the wine. That's all you got to do. Always bring the alcohol. Make sure people are well-fed, well well-nourished. Exactly. No doubt. Well, let's talk about some football. As you mentioned, Duke struggled a bit during last week of Week 12 action. And, of course, looking into their final game of the season, it's going to be interesting, the kind of decisions that are made. About the Louisville Duke game, as I had mentioned on Friday's show, talking with Drizzy Drake, 62 to 22 loss against the Cardinals. And it was just one of the, I said it was the worst football game I've ever seen. And I absolutely mean that, right? I was disappointed because I've been to a lot of Duke games. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, you have to cover Duke. Like, I get so much flack. I'm like, guys, I need the reps. I enjoy, honestly, personally enjoy Duke games. Traffic is light. <laughs> okay. And you get to watch football where you learn a lot. So whether it's me just learning how, what's good, bad, or ugly I enjoy it but that one was ugly that one was rough that that was pretty tough to watch only because emotionally I think that was the first time I did not see anything from the sidelines from the players and I know they want to win badly but it just did not look like that yeah it was a tough game to say the least I mean I had a not a fun time recapping this game on Friday's show and honestly spent a little bit more time on locked on blue devils talking about the basketball game that they were getting ready for on Lafayette and Candace, you're somebody that's been so kind to, to join me on Lockdown Blue Devils uh, throughout the season, talking about your time getting to go into the press box and cover this for our company. And, and with that being said, you look back at Thursday night's game, Malik Cunningham was absolutely a story. Anytime one man can personally account for 527 yards of offense against your defense, that's lousy, but it's also really impressive that Cunningham was able to do that. Quite frankly, I'm a little jealous that you got to see that firsthand, Candace, because that was that special of a football game. 527 yards of offense, seven total touchdowns for Malik Cunningham. 
Yeah. Oh, first player in Louisville history to give 300 passing yards, three, 200 rushing yards in a single game. And for me, it was just so many moments where it was third and long, absolutely no <laughs> chance. They were about to punt it, of course. That's how we assume the, the game is going to go. And then magically, he finds 72 yards and gets a score or his, you know, receivers or or running backs are able to deliver. And I think that, to me, probably was just knocking the wind out of your sail if you're Duke. That was one of those situations where it was like, I think everybody in the press box said, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Because it's not, I, again, not for lack of talent. To me, it's just everyone looked lost and they were scrambling and they just did not know how to wrap that man up. But credit to him for having a stellar performance in a Lamar Jackson 2.0 type of night. Yeah, he got his for sure. I mean, last <laughs> week, Lamar had his jersey retired at Louisville. Malik Cunningham wants the world to know that, hey, those are really, really, really big shoes to fill for yeah. Louisville football. Only two players have ever had their jersey retired, and Malik Cunningham has to go right after the guy. And he's putting up incredible numbers his years as quarterback there for the Cardinals. On the Duke side of things, though, like we said, you just can't do that defensively. They're now 3-8 and eight on the season. Haven't won an ACC game, likely won't with their game to come this weekend versus Miami. Uh, Jake Bobo was someone that uh, Coach Cutcliffe praised being one of those team leaders because Bobo was someone who has seen Duke football win games. Uh, the young guys, though, haven't. They don't know what winning is like, and that's clear because on the football field, some of those younger guys, the effort is kind of diminishing, as you're sort of alluding to, and that's not what you want to see at this point in the season. Absolutely. And Jake Bobo spoke post game and talked about, you know, how this program is not what it's showing with this three and eight record currently. But you could tell he was really emotional when talking about Coach Cutcliffe, right? Everyone was kind of alluding to it. Do you put it on him? And he was like, absolutely not. I would run through a brick wall for that man. Right. I absolutely think everyone in that locker room would be behind him. Obviously, we didn't pull everybody behind that locker room. But here and now, like this is what we're currently standing. At. I think with the way Jake Bobo performs, you can tell he's trying to give it his all. Gunnar Holmberg had a strong showing right Jordan Moore we got to see a couple times more than we usually do but also Riley Leonard I think yeah. he had a great game he was able to move the ball really well I have said to I'm blue in the face especially offline they are the best ADR team in the country without <laughs> a doubt they can move the football that's not their issue it's finishing right? It's absolutely finishing drives and getting into the end zone. Like Charlie Ham, great. We love that you made your kicks. That's a positive we can take yeah. away, but we don't want that always to be something we rely on. You need touchdowns to compete with teams like Louisville who can clearly run the ball and right. run all over your defense. And in the middle of the season, Charlie Ham, the kicker for Duke was struggling himself. So it really was a pleasant surprise and a great thing that he was able to come back and knock through all three of his field goal attempts. Last week, I know we didn't get a chance to chat here on Locked on ACC, but the story for Duke football was Jordan Moore versus Virginia Tech because Gunnar Holmberg didn't play at all, and Jordan Moore was the quarterback they decided to go with. Coach Cutcliffe says after the fact, Riley Leonard was the hot hand. You think so? The guy was 13 for 13 throwing the football for 99 yards and had 70 rushing himself after Holmberg did get the start played through some injuries that he's been battling over the past few weeks, but it looks like Riley Leonard has a bright future ahead of him, and now Duke's got to figure it out for the future. Is it Jordan Moore, more of your athletic running style quarterback, or do you want to continue to develop Riley Leonard moving forward? 
Absolutely. And Riley Leonard spoke post-game talking about the fact that he was playing on ESPN. He wanted to play hype. So I'm like, listen, get the guy who likes to be under the lights. Get yeah. the one who knows that they're going to be on ACC Network and they know they have a crowd to play for. And you know, just talking about overall what the future holds, I think Riley Leonard personally could be the future for them. But I hate that for guys like Mateo Durant, who have clearly given their all to this program, put up record numbers this season, and just to not go out with a – a season that you know is you were better than and Riley Leonard speaking like I don't care what happens against Miami I just want to win I don't care how ugly it is how high flying it is I just want the win and for me I know that those young guys want that for those seniors to go out on top so here's the conversation about Duke football moving forward and Again, Mateo Duran is someone that needs to be celebrated because he has had such a special career for this Duke football team. A couple of weeks ago, he became just the sixth Duke football player ever to have 1,000 yards in a season, which is crazy. Six yeah. <laughs> in the history of your pro. There are schools that have two a year, it feels yeah. like, when you're talking about a 1,000-yard back. So going into Saturday's game versus Miami, Mateo Durant needs only 64 rushing yards to become the best single-season rusher in Duke football history. I want that so badly for Mateo Durant because I want there to be some special moment to come from this Duke offense this season. Having said that, Candace, and knowing how the team is at 3-8, and eight, I wouldn't be surprised if he can't find 64 rushing yards, which would be crazy considering how successful he's been. But that's what they're playing for at this moment, right? Like individual records like that. And then the question becomes, what is the future of Duke football? The David Cutcliffe conversation is definitely peaking, uh, picking up as he's in his 14th year here, Candace. And there is a section of the Duke football world that almost wonders, should you go ahead, if you're Nina King, the athletic director for Duke University, should you go ahead and announce a change in leadership of your football program so that Saturday a home game versus Miami can be a celebration of what David Cutcliffe has had, because as someone who's been there for 14 years in Durham, has led Duke to many, many bowl games and had a level of success with Duke football, I think he deserves to go out that way. I think he deserves to be celebrated in that regard. He does still have one year left on his contract, so maybe there is a plan to bring him back next year. But if there were to be a change, I'd almost rather it be announced now so that Duke fans in person can give Coach Cutcliffe his roses because he certainly deserves them. What do you think of that? That's a really good point, JJ, because you know that the fan attendance hasn't been to where we're used to seeing, even for, you know, media halfway through bowl eligibility, six, you know, win teams, it's just not been the same. I think that if you get a little, this is what we should do, okay? You need to get Coach K to make a little video, drop it on all the social, all the Duke athletic socials, be like, hey, guys, really want you to come out for this Duke football (laughs) game. I think people would get the hint, you know, in the whole last rodeo, last ride thing, that maybe this is Coach Cut's last game because clearly him pleading with fans to come out hasn't done enough. But I think a Coach K hint of please come out and support may take it over the edge. So that that might be something. I'm doing a free game here. So that's what I'm hoping that the Blue Devils do. But I will say you know if this is his last ride he has definitely changed the Duke program for better because now you have to play good for Duke normally that was an easy win but knowing with what he's brought this team to there is there's become a point where you know Duke could be in a fight in the game not necessarily this year but definitely overall in past seasons and hopefully they're able to get back to some level of success and hopefully they are able to 
I mean, it, I'm almost talking. The more I talk, it's like, yeah, let's go ahead, Candace. Let's pull the plug. <laughs> let's make the change in leadership and that sort of thing because it's just so hard. Yes, I said there's another year on his contract for David Cutcliffe, but do you really want to wait out that year knowing that you really don't expect a whole lot to change? Um, you know, this is a, a industry and obviously – Money is important. You want ticket sales to be there. You want to make sure people are supporting your program. I don't know that you can go through another season like this if you were to be the Duke Athletic Administration. So, yeah, I think it might be time just to go ahead and uh, pull the plug here. Listen, Wallace Way does not pay for itself. As we know, we don't want to see any, tra- <laughs> any transfers happen. So I'm totally fine with whatever. But guys, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. NetSuite is a number one cloud financial system to power your growth. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So head there, netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. With NetSuite, you can automate your process and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Again, go to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. JJ Jackson in the building. And of course, we have got some week 12 conversations to go over because Duke was not the only team that found themselves in the L column, but also are fighting for the chance to be Picking up seasons, win on some good notes, and ends have some strong finishes. Florida State beat Boston College, and they got they are looking to still give themselves an opportunity to be bowl eligible. Well, they are bowl eligible in Boston College. Florida State looking for their bowl eligibility. They are five and six currently. Got one more game left in the season, and then of course, a team that's turned things around. Boston College, who everyone who is in the Atlantic that does not want to see Wake Forest go to the championship game is certainly rooting for them come this weekend. I think it's just nice to see teams kind of get that bowl eligibility, find their way to have seasons that are better than people were expecting, especially for Boston College with a Phil Dracovic who went down midseason. Yeah, to keep fighting. I mean, that was your star quarterback, someone that we talked about being one of the top guys um, in, in, the, in the conference in, in terms of that quarterback position to be out for the number of games that he was and still come back at this point in the year and to find another win on your schedule to, as you said, get bowl eligibility for a program led by Jeff Halfley. Uh, what a great job he's done. I know that I received a good bit of flack myself from uh, Boston College Twitter yeah. and A.J. Black in particular as well here, one of our Locked On ACC compadres. Uh, just the inexperience is why I had Halfley so low in my Uh, preseason sort of power rankings of ACC football coaches. But that Boston College program looks fun. And and same for Florida State in a lot of ways. As you said, they've got to be thankful that that team has continued to fight throughout the year because there were moments, particularly early in the season, where it looked ugly, like ugly, ugly. And uh, Florida State able to close out. And uh, look, we saw the big news this week in college football. 
in the state of Florida, Dan Mullen was fired by the Gators. So now going into the Florida, Florida State game, all of a sudden Florida State does have an opportunity at five and six on the season now to find their sixth one on the schedule and be a bowl eligible football team. No doubt. Speaking of bowl eligibility, North Carolina beat Wofford. No surprise there. Sam Howell did not play. Got to see a little bit of Drake May action. The future most likely heels. Sam Howell has not definitively said he is going to be in the draft, but he certainly wouldn't hurt himself by going ahead and making that money. This is not exactly the strongest quarterback class that we've seen. Carolina doing what it needs to do and now faces an NC State team that certainly needs to win this game in order to stay in the Atlantic Division competition. But they handled their business beating Syracuse, a team that's looking for eligibility as well, which it was an ugly game start to finish, 41-17. But I'm thinking, you know, what does this Carolina State game mean? It's going to be a good one, JJ. It is. It's rivalry week, and you know it's going to be a great game when these two teams take the football field. The Duke side of me wishes that we had an opportunity to play the Duke and UNC game on the final Saturday of the season right mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving. But in the state of North Carolina this week, we're thankful that we've got the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels. We're thankful that we've got NC State uh, still with a good bit to play for as a top 25 team. As, uh, you know, chaos could happen here in the final week of the season to set up an ACC championship game. And then, as you said, for UNC, Sam Howe, was one of the, the the seniors that they recognized because all expectations that he is going to go to the NFL, but did not play this past week. A couple of different quarterbacks, including Drake May, took the field. So, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what happens in this game. I'm definitely going to be tuned in. No doubt. Final couple games here. Notre Dame, Molly Wap, Georgia Tech, 55 to nothing. Or did just, they? You know. <laughs> It's like, I guess we're just trying to get more conversation for Notre Dame to be a top five team, blah, 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 blah. Georgia Tech will certainly help you do that, okay? They're not – I don't know who they think they are this season, but what – Bad boy eligible after they have to beat Virginia. I think that's going to be the scariest thought there. Miami, a promising year, right? That could have been better had maybe Tyler Van Dyke started. I had this huge conversation with Kitten on Monday show about whether Tyler Van Dyke had started. It would be a different conversation throughout the year, or yeah. would they be the same team? Who knows? But yeah. Miami is certainly different than what they started out. I've seen several graphics uh, on social media about the play of Tyler Van Dyke where they're putting all of his numbers together from the games that he started. And it is like, Oh my gosh, maybe this guy should have been playing for the entire (laughs) season. Like how good would this Miami football team be? And credit to Tyler Van Dyke, right? I mean, he first emerged on the scene for uh, our show and many others uh, by, by talking a little trash. And uh, he has certainly backed it up with this. Yeah. So uh, 357 more yards this past weekend in that win over Virginia. So uh, kudos to him. No doubt. And so there's a lot of good games coming into week 13, rivalry for some, trying to get bowl eligibly still for others and trying to just find a pretty good bowl, you know, rounding out the show. But a lot of good football. Sad to see that we're almost towards the end of it. You know, of course, we've had so much fun covering all these various teams, but it is getting into basketball. You know, we got to roll with what should be a good year for some of these rest of these schools. I didn't get to talk about Duke on Monday show, but that's why I got JJ here to give us some Blue Devil basketball action. But first, I want to remind 
remind you guys that if you have not yet, please try Prize Picks. It is the leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and it offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entry, so you can do basketball, football, hockey, whatever you like. You can pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry because it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Pick is safe and offers fast withdrawals, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play by going to prizepicks.com and using promo code locked on, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now it's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. It's football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this year, specifically during the holidays. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked on to receive your bonus. It's not just about football. Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, even to your favorite favorite Vegas casino games. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. So we're wrapping up with J.J. Jackson here from Locked On Blue Devils. And, of course, we have some basketball to discuss, some pretty good games yep. to go over on this weekend, past weekend. But Duke, in particular, beating Lafayette, having a great showing. They are rolling. They are being the team that everyone has assumed they're supposed to be, being the top of the ACC, the preseason pick, having a lot of <laughs> back off this court issues and trying yeah. to maneuver with that. I would love to get your thoughts. Hadn't had a chance to talk to you about it with everything going on, but when you heard the news, how did you react and how do you think the team needs to move forward? I think similarly to way, the way everyone else did just uh, unfortunate that this is a storyline in the last year for coach K certainly uh, not what you want to happen. And the fact yeah. that it's also uh, tied into his grandson being involved with Michael Savarino being behind the wheel immediately following the release of the story, Candace. I think that uh, most importantly, learning all of the details was most important with the story. Uh, as I've discussed a good bit on, on lockdown blue devils, the location of Paolo Bancaro front seat versus back seat in the car arrested versus citation versus um, you know, what the blood alcohol level. I mean, it was just a big story that you did not think that you would be having to talk about in the final year of Mike Krzyzewski being yeah. the head coach and, and certainly a distraction uh, that this Duke team did not need at this point in the season. Coach K has made the decision to handle this internally. And so uh, for that reason, I haven't been able to learn more about uh, what has been the case. Just know that Michael Savarino has not been around the team, has not been at the games uh, in the past mm -hmm. few contests. Paulo Bencaro has, and uh, onward the Duke team goes. In terms of what they've been able to do on the court, I've been really impressed, Candace. Yeah. I've been um, the, the defense is really what I keep drawing attention to. They've had four consecutive games where they have held their opponent to under 60 points in a contest. Mm -hmm. This is the second longest streak of that stat that has happened in Duke basketball history. This defense is really good. And I know that people are going to say, well, who have they been playing since they played mm -hmm. Kentucky? Fair. But look across the conference. There are other yeah. teams in the conference that when you're four or five games into a season, you're going to struggle. In the era of a transfer portal, so many teams have brand-new players on the roster trying to mesh together. 
Duke is no stranger to that. They've got a lot of key contributors that are coming in, and it was Paulo Bancaro and Trevor Keels after Lewin versus Kentucky. Well, every game since, it's been another player, whether it be Wendell Moore Jr. or Mark Williams or A.J. Griffin versus Lafayette, who's been the headline player for Duke. This team is really special. I hope they can continue to lead up to live up to expectations and make some noise there in the ACC. Yeah, I think it's important to talk about the fact that, yes, they are loaded, but different people have stepped up in bigger ways each time. Mark Williams and Wendell Moore Jr., to me, have been the two that are the bright lights. It's things that we didn't see, necessarily see last season with Wendell Moore Jr. trying to figure out, yes, he has all the talent on paper, but can he actually deliver it when it's game time, right? And Good he time. has certainly stepped up in ways that I think we, we've been waiting, right? And yeah. now it's here. And I know that Paolo Benquero is supposed to be you know, the main character, but he has a lot of good assistance <laughs> helping him. And I think that's what makes Duke so scary because they're figuring out very early how to be a complete team. Like you've seen a lot of others struggle. I can have obviously have Carolina in front of my mind with defense and like having the ball turnover ratio being extremely high. That to me is something where Duke has silly mistakes, but they're able to fix it and correct it second half. And I think that's something that's going to be the biggest advantage for any team in the ACC this year. I think that Duke is definitely being a front runner, but everyone else is going to have to figure out quickly how to be able to, uh, you know, maintain, you know, good leads, strong leads, or even come back in games that you see you shouldn't be down in but of course you figure it out in the end and it comes back to defense Candace right I mean you're right mm-hmm. all these teams uh, in the ACC have, have had some turnover issues at the early point of the season if you turn the ball over get back on defense and don't yeah. let the other team score because Duke has been no stranger to that there are games that certainly players have had uh, turnover issues for Duke but they haven't let that affect them on the defensive end how many times have we heard basketball coach talk about the fact we've got to go to the next play? You got to move yeah. on to the next play, next play, next play. Because if you turn the ball over on one end and your man breaks free and gets a dunk on the other end, that's your fault. Not only for yeah. turning the ball over, but letting your man get an easy dunk. And so yeah. the fact that Duke has been so tight knit on defense has been really impressive. Yeah. And again, I normally don't want to give Duke the credit in terms of being the top team, but I have not seen yet another program who to me stands toe to toe. I think Florida State has struggled. I think, you know, um, Syracuse, Carolina, all the ones that we want to be top dog, they're not holding the camera to Duke right now. Like Quick plug for for Duke basketball this week. And obviously with it being Thanksgiving, a lot of good games going on. We've got the battle for Atlantis this week. We've got Mm -hmm. Mount Invitational. Like, all of these big tournaments and North Carolina obviously was in big competitions this past week with two power five opponents in Purdue and Tennessee Uh, for Duke on Friday night, they're playing number one Gonzaga. And tonight, obviously this being our Tuesday episode of locked on ACC, number one Gonzaga is playing number two UCLA. So they've got a very big week for themselves and what a big test that's going to be for Duke. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be tuned into that one on Friday night going into the big rivalry Saturday for college football. But, uh, yeah, big test for Duke. Played on a neutral site in Las Vegas. I'm really curious to see how Duke shows up and handles the Gonzaga Bulldogs. As a Duke you know, reporter, how important to you is it to stay in these games who are big-time matchups with these ranked opponents early? You know, Obviously, you're dominating the ones yeah. that you're supposed to win. But for these, even if they're close and come up short, do you still find progress in that with this specific team? 100%. And I, I don't know that anyone would say otherwise. I think that it's really important to test yourself early in the year against the best. Look, this Gonzaga team, 
was really special last year. And I, I want to call them the reigning national champs because I'm so surprised. Wait a minute. They didn't actually win. Baylor ended up winning that national championship <laughs> a year ago, right? But you just think Gonzaga, the way they've been playing so far this year, it's like, oh, yeah, surely they won last year. You remember they didn't. And so you've got to be able to take care of business early in the year. This will be a measuring stick game for Duke. Um, the Zion team, the Zion and R.J. Barrett team, they had sort of a measuring stick game after winning convincingly versus Kentucky. Remember that season? Duke won by 34 in the first yeah. game of the season versus Kentucky. They only won by eight this year. Well, that season back in 2019, they lost the Maui championship game to Gonzaga, kind of righted their wrongs in the games to come and finished with a great season, making it all the way to the Elite Eight. So similar storyline. I'm hoping Duke finds a way to win on Friday versus go. Gonzaga, unlike in 2019. But, yeah, it's going to be a big test on Friday. No doubt. Well, JJ, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? Locked on uh, ACC every Tuesday with you is where you can find me, Candace. And then throughout the week, I host Locked on Blue Devils at LO underscore Blue Devils on Twitter. And then my personal handle at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Make sure you guys follow at Locked on ACC on Twitter and you subscribe on YouTube. Come back on Wednesday where we've got power rankings closing out that football season. And then we can look ahead to some basketball news with AJ Black from Locked on Boston College. Until next time, for Candace Cooper and JJ Jackson.